Say you listen to one episode, you're going to judge whether or not you like it. Mm -hmm. So is your fear of judgment holding you back? Yes, if you're only afraid of the negative judgment. How many things are we doing because we're afraid of what people will think if we don't? More importantly, how many things are we not doing because we're afraid to be embarrassed or we're afraid to be judged? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter where you are now or where you've been, there is a next level. We bring you five episodes a week, four of which are solo episodes with Kevin and I, and one world-class guest to help you get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer, of The Playbook Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very special, as always... Next Level University Weekly Meetup Monday for week number 52, uh, 55, sorry. Is your fear of judgment holding you back? So as Alan mentioned in the preamble, this is something that I think every single person deals with in some way, shape, or form, regardless of where you are in life, regardless of your confidence level, regardless of your successes, regardless of your failures. I know I've dealt with this. I know Alan has. We're going to go into some stories about that. Um, but make sure that if you have any questions, you write them in the chat below. We'll be able to see them, and then Amy can ask them to us live. Also at the end, so at 6.40 p.m. sharp, there's going to be a meetup, a post-keynote meetup where you talk about the topic with the NLU team and with other attendees. Basically, that's where you really are going to see positive changes is when you can really dig deep about your own experience. So many of the stories Kevin and I are going to tell are going to be people that we've interacted with and stories from our own personal life. But in that meetup portion, it's really designed to be able to dig into your own past, into your own present and your own experiences from this new frame of the fact that we all fear judgment. Um, and that's kind of the first thing I just want to say is, like Kevin mentioned, there's not a human being that I know who has not struggled with fearing the opinions and the judgments of others. Uh, in my room, I have a poster on my wall of Steve Jobs. It says, do not let the opinions of others drown out your own inner voice. Kevin and I, as you know, early in our personal development journeys, we both had really traumatic life or death experiences. Uh, mine was a car accident at 26. Kevin's was suicidal ideation at also 26? I believe it was also 26. Also 26. And so we both really, at that point, I think that we were given a gift that seemed like a curse at the time. But the gift that we got was really looking at that inner compass, really looking at that inner voice that Steve Jobs talks about in that quote, and realizing that at the end of the day, you can seek approval from everyone outside of yourself, but if you are not proud of the man or woman that you have become, if you are not proud of the way that you've chosen to live your life, um, that that's just, you know, there's this one quote of, what if my whole life was wrong? And Kevin and I have felt what that feels like, and that's what regret is. And we want to help everyone live a life free of regret, like we've started to live ever since you know, those, those times during 26 years old. And there's still, I mean, we, a lot of what you're going to see here from, from my point of view is one of my major things is regret that has to deal with this. So one of the rules as a firefighter is when the firefighters show up to the fire, they put the fire out. That is a good rule for firefighting. 
for those of you who don't know, when I was, oh my goodness, I was probably 23, 24, I went to the Massachusetts Fire Academy, and I was looking to become a full-time firefighter. And we had written classes where we would sit through lectures and we would read the book and somebody would teach us. But then every weekend on our Saturday class, we had a practical. So we learned how to use the jaws of life. We did live fire training. We did hose training. Um, We did engine training. Like we did so many different trainings. When I was going through the fire academy, I was dealing with the fear of judgment at a very, very heavy level. So I did really, really well on all the written exams, but when it came to the practicals, I was so afraid to look bad. When we were attaching the hose to the hydrant, I was terrified. Like, I didn't want to look bad. I didn't want people to laugh at me. There was a lot of people in the fire academy whose fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers before them had been firefighters, right? So they were bred for this. This is what they wanted to do with their lives, and This was something new to me. I didn't have that experience. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the lessons. So that's something I dealt with throughout this entire fire academy. I think it was, I think it was like either four or five months, three days a week, weekends, like traveling to the place. It was a lot. It was a lot. Now, we get to the end. I had one of the highest grades on the written test. The first practical exam I went and took, I failed. Why? Because I didn't ask the right questions. I was so afraid to ask questions throughout the academy that I didn't have the knowledge to actually use my hands and do the things I was supposed to do, okay? So after I failed that, I went to the firehouse, I learned how to do the things I needed to do, and I passed the second practical exam. I went to get my full firefighter certificate. Cool, awesome. Fast forward three or four months. So on-call firefighters have a pager. Okay, And when you're on call, you sleep with that pager next to you. When that pager goes off, you go to the firehouse. First week, I have my pager, and it's like 3 in the morning, I'm sleeping, and the pager goes off. Okay, here we go. I rush down to the station, I throw on uh, my gear, I get on the engine, and we go to a live car fire. In that moment, I realized that I was jeffed. So I got out of the engine, and I had no idea where to connect the hose. I had no idea what to do genuinely, like three in the morning, there's a fire 50 feet from me and there's a bunch of people running around yelling at me, telling me what to do. Now, Alan and I have said this many times, you either get the feedback along the way or you get it all at once. I allowed my fear of judgment to stop me from getting feedback all along the way. I got all that feedback at once. Mm -hmm. And that was the last day that firefighter Kevin was really a thing. I realized in that moment that, you know what? I am not good enough I'm not knowledgeable enough. I'm not, I I just haven't practiced enough. Like imagine if there was somebody in that car. Imagine if there was somebody in that house and the house was on fire. That could have been a really, really, really bad thing. So that fear of judgment literally changed my career trajectory. Genuinely. Like I left that firefighting thing and I ended up getting the job as a weatherization and then the suicidal thing. Like that literally changed my entire life. But all of that started with the fear of judgment, okay? Where are you dealing with that right now in your life? And also, understand this. I think when it comes to fear of judgment, we're afraid that we're going to get found out in some way, shape, or form, right? I know that's kind of how it is for me, and I felt that way. Like, I am going to get found out. People are going to realize I'm an imposter, and that manifested. That manifested. I should have tried harder. I should have asked more questions. I should have understood that, look, no question is a bad question. 
me not asking these questions is actually quite literally putting my life and other people's lives at risk. So that is something I genuinely do regret. Now I've been able to make that into a positive and share that with people and, and hopefully draw wisdom from that. But that is a very, very painful thing I went through and it's all because of the fear of judgment. What I find most fascinating about that story Kevin tells is his fear of being an imposter actually made it come true. Whereas if he had asked more questions, it's almost like if you weren't afraid of embarrassment, you would have asked more questions, you would have gotten more answers, and then you would have not been an imposter. Yeah. And I think we're all guilty of that at times. I have many stories. Uh, one story in particular in high school where I got laughed at by the entire class in calculus, AP calculus class. And fortunately, my teacher said, like yelled at this kid who was kind of a bully, really popular kid, and basically said, see, there's no dumb questions in this class because not only do dumb questions lead to great ones, but he's trying to learn. And what I find fascinating is that he failed the AP test and I ended up passing, but I was bright red. I was in the back right corner. I remember like it was yesterday and I felt so bad about myself. And at the end of the day, I ended up passing and he ended up failing because I was more eager to learn. He wanted to pretend he knew calculus rather than be a student and really learn from people who knew more than him. And I think that's a really, really important distinction for all of us is where are you not being more of a student out of your fear of not looking like the expert? Uh, I was recently involved in a, one of my clients is considering selling her business and I find it fascinating how some of the people who want to appear to be experts, I can tell, don't actually know the ins and outs of how to run a business because they're so afraid to take off that expert cap and actually be a student when they, when they should be. And so you don't want to let that happen. And I know Kevin doesn't, doesn't use that philosophy anymore. No, no. I try to ask Here's all the of Oh, my goodness gracious. Why don't we just hammer it? Speaking of questions. Ah. Do you ever believe there's a time to... I hope I'm saying this word right. Kibosh a goal? Uh, I, yes, Bosch? I believe kibosh. I believe that means just to get rid of. Is there any, ever any time? Um, I mean, yeah. If it's not within your core values, beliefs, behaviors, or who you want to be, if it if it takes you out of alignment, I would say there's that's probably a good thing. Uh, I was I was interacting with Kevin. Can we, can we get the question again, Amy? Yeah, we're, thank you. Alan and I were. <laughs> You guys had a little thing going on. We did. Yeah, yeah. We apologize. What we're, was the we're, again? we're healing. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Do you ever believe there's a time to kibosh a goal? Yeah. Oh. I stand by my yeah. If it's if it's taking you out of integrity with who you are, if your core values, beliefs, if any of that is changed, or you just realize like, look, I don't think that this goal is gonna get me what I thought I wanted in the first place. I think that's a an issue that a lot of people deal with. Right. They feel like... Wait, hold on. There's there's the second part. Hammer it. Perfect. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, you're good. <laughs> part, whoever wrote it, like... Anyway. Keep it coming, whoever is writing Do these. Do you <laughs> ever believe there's a time to kibosh a goal or self-fulfilling projections? The thing we focus on not becoming, we end up manifesting usually due to providing energy to it. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm. that's the whole thing. So what this person's referring to is when you're so focused, whatever you focus on expands. So if I focus on I am a great podcaster, I'm going to most likely do whatever I can to stay consistent with that identity, even if I do a couple bad episodes. I'm going to figure out and learn from those to get back into the identity of I am a great podcaster. Versus if I feel like an imposter, I might not go learn from other great podcasters. So yes, absolutely, there are times. So 
as you grow and evolve, you raise your awareness of self and of how the world works. If you aren't getting rid of old goals, I would argue you're probably not evolving um, much. I have so many goals that I went for that I then decided, you know what, honestly, this isn't what I thought it was, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. I'm going to either raise it or get rid of it altogether. What Alan said. I second what Alan said. Thank you, brother. (laughs) (laughs) I believe you're up. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, so I have this written down. Beware of the unwritten rules. So if you're on the NLU team or you're a client of mine, you know that I live by three sort of simple philosophies on any team. I think being a team player in life is so, so critical. I think we are all born dependent. I think we all as teenagers become independent and want to do our own thing. And then we live in an economy and a world that's very interdependent. So when you're on a team, an interdependent team, like Kevin and myself, like the NLU team, There's three things that matter, I believe. Number one is leadership. Leading by example and being willing to do what you expect of others. Okay, number two is your culture. And this is where the unwritten rules come in. And number three is systems. So systems is how do you sustain that. So beware of the unwritten rules. All right, so all of us, in my opinion, are a byproduct of our environment to some extent. And back when I was in high school, uh, I had a house that hosted parties. And what came with that is a lot of fun and some underage drinking, if I'm honest, and different things like that. But there was an unwritten rule that got manifested by the people at my house, which was basically, and I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but when you would drink a beer, you would have to, when you cracked it, you'd have to turn the tab. Mm. And if you didn't turn the tab and someone caught you with an unturned tab, you'd have to chug the beer. I never okay. got invited to these parties, eh, you know? <laughs> so that was an unwritten rule. The reason why I'm telling you this is because that unwritten rule, which, by the way, stayed through college, stayed in my fraternity, at least with my group of friends, and everyone turns their tab. My buddy and I, Kiki, still to this day, if it's a Coca-Cola even, turn our tab. I still to this day, no matter what, if I open a can, I drink Sprite, I love Sprite, uh, on the rocks, and I don't even drink alcohol anymore, and I'm still cracking the Sprite and turning the tab. That is how conditioned I am from an unwritten rule all those years ago. Even though I no longer drink, and I don't really spend a lot of time with a lot of those people anymore, nothing against them, but just understand that the unwritten rules of every team are rubbing off on you. And the thing I love about the word beware is it's be aware. So this is about fearing judgment, okay? How many things are we doing because we're afraid of what people will think if we don't? More importantly, how many things are we not doing because we're afraid to be embarrassed or we're afraid to be judged? Here's a question that I want to pose for everyone listening. Can you post on social media without anyone judging you? And that's for everyone out there to contemplate right now. Second question. In the future economy of the digital age, can you succeed without ever posting on social media? See, this fear of judgment thing, it has to go because it's holding us all back. Kevin and I have six hundred episodes expressing our heart. You better believe there are people out there who dislike us. 
But there are also people out there who love who we are and love what we do, and we see it every day. And so can you help someone without making someone else upset? I don't know if you can. That's not for me to tell you. It's just for something for everyone else to contemplate. Mm. It's interesting, too, because what Alan said is true. Like, right now, there's if you, whether you like this or not is a judgment, right? If you like our podcast, say you listen to one episode, you're going to judge whether or not you like it. Mm-hmm. So is your fear of judgment holding you back? Yes, if you're only afraid of the negative judgment. Right. I think positive judgment is a good thing and that will tie into... So that actually ties into one of my points. Whose judgment matters the most to you? It should be yours. But somebody else, their judgment is super impactful too. Your mentors. Mm -hmm. The people who have done what you want to do. Now, I think a lot of people confuse family with mentors. Okay? And what I always say is... I tend not to take advice from people who haven't done what I want to do. Nothing against those people, but their judgment on what I'm doing isn't necessarily accurate. Okay? So, for those of you who have been following us for a minute, at one point, we were the hyper-conscious podcast. Oh, yeah. Remember that? I I do. All those years ago. All those years ago. (laughs) Until one Evan Carmichael sat us down and said, hey, guys, that name sucks. And I didn't even remember who you were when we had this call booked for today. Now... Alan and I did not like that judgment. Hmm. We were very closed off. We had an ego. We said, what does he know? He's not a podcaster. Blah, blah, blah. All of those justifications. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. But we realized that his judgment carries a lot of weight. It wasn't from a negative perspective. It was constructive. Evan wants to see us win. Right? We visited him. He's spoken at one of the events that we co-hosted. He's been in our corner for a long time. He literally put money towards one of our YouTube videos. Yeah. Like, he put ads on our YouTube video. Like, he really wants us to win. Mm -hmm. So I think differentiating what good judgment and bad judgment is, is very important. Because we're not afraid of judgment. We're afraid of negativity. Okay? So, understand this. Some people in your life will judge you and they'll try to take you off course. But you have to have the final say. Would you judge yourself more for not doing something? Like genuinely, and I I did a reel about this today on Instagram. If somebody comes to you and says, hey, what you're doing is crazy. You shouldn't do it. It's stupid. You're wasting your time. And you listen to that person and you 10 out of 10 believe that's your thing. You're allowing their judgment to quite literally take you out of alignment. You're allowing their judgment to quite, quite literally change your life. We got a lot of judgment early on in this game. You're going to make a living podcasting, all that happy jazz, and that's great. Mm. But none of those people were podcasters. None of them. There were people who, who started and, and quit after a while. There were people who listened to podcasts. We listened to Dave Meltzer, to Evan Carmichael, to Nick Cavuto. We listened to the people who are where we want to go. And I think that's, that's super important. And at the end of the day, you know what's best for you in terms of the judgment aspect. Are there people who know better because they're further along? Sure. But if it's a 10 out of 10 for you, like Alan mentioned, will you regret getting out of alignment with it? Will you regret allowing somebody's judgment to take you out of alignment for what you want? I would say you probably will. 
And I think you have to dig within yourself and understand why you started in the first place. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the biggest issues for our listeners that we've seen is not everybody has people in their corner trying to lift them to the next level. And even the people who are trying to help don't always know how. That's why Kevin and I created Next Level Group Coaching. It's a three-month program on teams of 10 with all people committed to achieving their goals. Click the link in the show notes for more information. And we only take 10 people at a time, so make sure you get in quick. We didn't start this just for a podcast. We didn't start this just to do Facebook Lives. We didn't start this just to do interviews, to do coaching. We started it because it's deeper than that. We genuinely believe that we can impact the world in a great way. The why power is way greater than just what you see. You guys all have to have that too. You have to have something under the surface that's pushing you. I think the other thing to have in this kind of conversation here is what is judgment? And I I think that... Um, there are a lot of people out there who, who say like, don't, don't judge. Let, let me explain what judgment is first. Okay. Have you ever heard someone say I made a judgment call? Oh yeah. Okay. If you're in a dark alley in a city and there are three people in hoodies running at you, best you make a judgment call and get the hell out of there to stay safe. When people say don't judge, it's, it's a little bit misleading because they say things like don't judge a book by its cover. Yes, try to, try to look at the back. Try to look at the table of contents. Try to look at the cover as well. Look at the title. Look at the sub thing because normally there's like a title and then there's a little subtext. Look at the author. Do the research on the author, right? Don't judge a book by its cover. I understand what people are saying, but what people don't understand is human nature. See, you have to judge a book by its cover before you open it. If there's a book that's just blank and has no title, no author's name, no credentials, no testimonials, crappy cover, you most likely aren't going to pick up that book versus the one that does have a really eye-catching, great graphic design. That's the way human beings are wired. There's a book called Blink that goes deep into the science of this by Malcolm Gladwell, and he talks about snap judgments and what that actually means. So the reason why I'm telling everyone all of that is because I want you to understand one simple truth. Human beings, in order to survive, must make judgment calls. When you are on a date, what are you doing? You're somewhat judging whether or not this is going to be a good partner. Okay, when you're in a job interview, that's why interviews are so uncomfortable. You're being judged. Is this going to be a good candidate for our mission, our business, and for this role? And by the way, is this a good company? Is this a good boss or leader or manager? See, we're all judging. The question is, are you doing it in a positive way or in a toxic way? Now, that's the key, and that's for everyone out there to contemplate. There are a lot of people, like I said, who judge our podcast and hear one clip on Instagram and say, oh, those guys are inauthentic and they suck. Okay, that's a judgment call. Now they're going to make a decision to not listen to our show. Other people are going to be like, wow, that really resonated. Interesting. I'm going to check out their show. See, it, they're just both making a decision based on a judgment call. And so when we say stop fearing judgment, here's the truth of the matter. No matter what you do, you're going to get judged. You might as well get judged for your dreams. You might as well get judged for being who you really want to be because there's not a human I've ever met who has not dealt with judgment. What I will say, though, is that the people who shell up and don't make noise 
and don't carve their own unique path, they do tend to deal with a little bit less of those, for lack of better phrasing, punches in the face from strangers online and stuff like that. <clears throat> but if you don't put yourself out there, if you don't own who you are, if you don't own your dreams, yeah, maybe you'll get a little bit less of that negativity, but you're also going to get less success as well. And so you got to get rid of this fear of embarrassment, fear of judgment, this fear of holding that's holding you back. And if you're going to get judged regardless, you might as well get judged for at least who you aspire to be. Mm. And one thing I would tie on to that, like Alan is saying, okay, how about this? We have had people that have come into our community and they have said, oh, my family is judging me. They think this is a cult. They don't understand this. Mm -hmm. So they went to another community where people get judged for believing what they believe in. So just join a community of people who think like you. And then at least you'll be in a community of people who understand. Like, again, I don't care what your dream is as long as it's not hurting other people. But if you put that in Next Level Nation and say, this is what I want to do. I want to be a... I want to have a dog shelter, as I say on every single example. If that's what you want, we love that. We believe in that. We'll support you. We'll point you in the right direction. We'll connect you with people who can help. Your dreams are safe here, right? Like, we're not going to judge you for having big dreams. So I would say find people who deal with similar things. Alan and I are podcasters. We're coaches. We're speakers. We deal with a lot of the same stuff, right? The members of the team... They do their thing and they understand that they can come to us when they feel judged or they feel like they're unsupported or they don't feel like the people in their lives really understand what they're doing. It, it is par for the course to some way, shape, or form. And I think having the right people in your corner is super, super important because it's, it's hard to thicken your skin. Yeah, it really is challenging. This is a journey we're all on and it's, it's one of the hardest. This topic in particular, mm. I think, causes human beings more more pain, emotional pain than probably anything else. I can't think of a single person who doesn't have a family member who disapproves of what they're doing. Uh, I remember I gave a speech at Clark University and there was these two soccer players, young, young engineers actually. And they were like, our parents just want us to be engineers so badly, but we, we just want to play soccer. And they asked me like, what do I do? The name of the speech was how to translate your college experience into the real world uh, or into a career. And I remember like we cried together cause I was dealing with so much judgment at the time as well. Cause when I left corporate, a lot of people thought I was making a massive mistake. Um, but then again, they're, that's based on their opinion and their blueprint and what they think is best, not what I believe is best. And so I don't know a single person who hasn't dealt with this. All of us have parents who want what's best for us. You know, I shouldn't say everyone, some people don't, but a lot of us have parents who do want what's best for us, but remember that's predicated on their beliefs. Maybe they believe corporate is better than podcasting. Maybe they believe that podcasting can't make any money. Maybe they believe that opening a dog shelter is a bad idea. But here's what I, I know for a fact, is if you don't believe in your own ability and your own dream, everyone else will be very quick to come in and let their beliefs derail you. Um, and again, this is this is just so, so, so important to realize. I think you're up. I'm up next. Yeah. All right. So it's in our nature to want approval. So I don't always go into this, but I think it's really important. So as you know, obviously, Kevin and I do a lot of coaching. And at this point, we're very blessed to have between the two of us, I want to say almost 50 clients uh, between group coaching and then one-on-one -on -one clients and, and then the team as well. But I was on the phone with a team member recently 
And on the calls, a lot of times we dig really deep. And one of the questions that I often ask is one that I learned from Tony Robbins, which is whose approval did you seek most growing up? So we were all babies at one point and we were completely dependent on a caregiver. It could be your mother, it could be your father, it could be your grandmother. Someone, you needed someone's approval to survive because you couldn't feed yourself yet. You were a baby, an infant. Who did you have to be growing up? Okay, as a toddler and into you know your teens and things like that. Whose approval did you seek? Not who did you love most, but whose approval did you seek? And this person had told me, oh, it was, it was actually this person that ended up being her grandmother. And I said, okay, who did you have to be for your grandmother? And we wrote down the entire list. And I said, go with your gut, go with your intuition. I'm not making it wrong. I'm not making your grandmother wrong. I just want to understand who did you have to be for your grandmother to get approval, okay? She said, I had to be perfect. I had to be a good girl and follow the rules. And I had to never fail. This person in particular aspires to be an unreasonably successful entrepreneur. And I said, insert name here, okay, you've told me as a mentor of yours, coach of yours, that you want to be a ridiculously successful entrepreneur. Can you succeed in entrepreneurship by being perfect, by following the rules, which by the way is everyone else's rules, and by never failing? Okay, if you're out there right now and you have a big goal, you will fail on your way to it. There's no one I know who's a bodybuilder who hasn't gotten injured. There's no one I know who's tried every, anything great and won every time. And so this person realized, like, holy crap, I'm trying to be perfect. I'm trying to follow all the rules that aren't even mine, and I'm trying to never fail. And then she wondered why she was stuck. We since shifted that paradigm, and this person's on absolute fire now, but at the end of the day, she was still running that same pattern. She was still turning her tab on her drink from 15 years ago. And we're all guilty of that, but we have to realize, okay, who did we need to be for approval? Are we still running that pattern, and do we need to be? You know who gets really pissed off at people chasing their dreams? What do we got? People wishing they were chasing their dreams, or people who have an excuse to why they can't chase their dreams. Right. That is something that I've had to, to really, really be okay with, okay? At the end of the day, there is always somebody negative waiting to see somebody positive, right? Like, I like to think that Alan and I are doing great things in the world. We're trying to help people genuinely, like, that's what we're trying to do. But I still have people that DM me and talk trash. Like, it just, it happens occasionally. It's happened more lately, which is probably a good thing, because that means we're growing, but it still sucks. And I will tell you that it's not, I am not, like, zen about that yet. Like I get very heated and it's like I will let's let's have a charity boxing match and we can we can handle this donate the proceeds yeah, to the can, next level exactly. hope foundation. It's a win win. Even yeah. then I want to get my, my ass kicked for, for charity. But <laughs> you you guys gotta understand that the people who the people who are judging you and who are trying to pull you down are the people who don't feel good about what they're doing. It's the people who wish they could be doing what you're doing. I know deep down every time I get a DM, that person probably isn't that happy. You guys are all here right now watching this live or listening to this episode after. You're not searching for people to talk trash about on social media. Like imagine the frame of mind that somebody is when they're doing that. Dave always says, Dave Meltzer, our mentor, says pray for that person's happiness. And that's what I'm trying to work towards. Again, I'm definitely not there yet. But understand this. 
when you're living your best life, when you're growing and contributing at a level higher than you ever have before, when you're on social media showing your face, talking, being vulnerable, being emotional, you are actually a mirror to unhappy people. People are seeing that and saying, I could never do that. How, or maybe, maybe they're saying that. How dare this person live that life? They're literally looking for reasons to tear you down. Now, I don't know that that's ever going to go away for us, and that's okay. What we have to do is change our association. I always said, and I've said this for a long time, for every punch on the face I get on one side, I get kisses on the other. And again, when I say kisses, I just mean love from the next level family, right? Like when you know you're helping people, it's far easier to just let the other stuff kind of brush off. But I want you guys to understand that. What you are is a mirror for what people aren't doing. And that is a heavy thing, but I think it's also unreasonably important to not personalize other people's judgment. People don't know you, right? Like, I don't know you. How can I judge you for what you're doing? For all I know, you had a dog who ran away when you were four years old and you don't ever want that to happen to somebody else. So you have the best dog shelter in the world. Like, who am I to judge that? Who is anybody to judge that? Really, at the end of the day. So I'm just, that's just a little, get me fired up. Just a little fired up here it's on a good Monday. good topic, right? man. Great topic. So the other thing that I've written down here is stop seeking external approval at the expense of your own self-respect. I read that to Kevin earlier and I was like, ooh, that's good. <laughs> Stop seeking external approval at the expense of your own self-respect. So there is an NLU team member who I want to give a shout-out to, and it will be an anonymous shout-out, but this person knows who he is. Uh, this weekend, so Emilia and I were up in New Hampshire, and Saturdays are heavy days. We, we do relationship talks, and then uh, we have a Next Level Book Club, and then we have the NLU team huddle with the entire team, and then usually I do a coaching call as well on top of that. And... This person got invited to a bachelor party with many of his old friends who he dearly cares for, genuinely. And I've been in this position as well, by the way, brother. And so has Kevin, mm. actually. Uh, they were all supposed to go out and celebrate for this bachelor party. And this person on the NLU team made a hard decision. And he said, I will not be attending. I'm going to attend instead the NLU team huddle and the book club. And also, I'm pretty sure he had a coaching call with actually one of my clients, and she's doing therapy work with him, which is awesome, I believe. And so that Saturday, he decided to choose himself, his own self-respect, his own self-discipline, his own alignment, his own goals, his own mentors, his own dreams, his own team over partying. Uh, I, I had trouble with this a very large majority of my early life, you know, my early 20s. You know, I had my high school friends, I had my college friends, I had my corporate friends, and all of them, naturally, you attract who you are, and I, I partied. And I had a really hard time saying no, and I got invited to every party, and I appreciated that. And these aren't bad people, they just, they just like to have a lot of fun. And unfortunately, I was seeking external approval at the expense of my own self-respect, and I didn't necessarily know it at the time. When I was 26, I got in a car accident and really faced this fact. And so the very last thing I'm going to say on this, um, and then I'm going to let Kevin kind of take us out of here, because uh, 640 on the dot is when we're going to go to the meetup portion. And this is the last thing I'll say, is the admittance factor is the first step. If you take nothing else from this keynote about the fear of judgment holding you back, I want you to admit that you're afraid of judgment. 
the moment you admit that you are seeking external approval is the moment you can work on it. But if you tell yourself a story like many of us are guilty of, of I don't really care what people think. Do you know how many people I've heard say that? And then I watch their actions and it's not even, it's like, yes, you do. Of course you do. I, I'm witnessing it. So let's admit it. We all want approval from our loved ones. We, it's easier to say yes than no. That's why it's so hard to say no. And this NLU team member, kudos to him. We all celebrated him on book club. And if you were at book club, you know this. And we, cause why? Because we know how hard it is. You're supposed to be at a bachelor party. No, who made that rule? What if you're supposed to be at book club? Right? So all of us from here on out, let's admit it. We all want approval, but we're no longer going to trade in external approval for our own self-respect. We're going to do what's hard and necessary based on what's best for our potential and our contribution to the world. And we're going to stop seeking external at the expense of that. And it starts with one decision. One decision. Like, okay, so Dave Meltzer has the uh, comfort zone, learning zone, anxiety zone, right? All we have to do is step out into the judgment zone a little bit. You don't have to put a bikini photo or a bathing suit photo on Facebook, right? But maybe you put a post up. Or maybe you start to tell people how you feel. Or maybe you start talking about your goals. You don't have to do it all at once. Again, Alan and I have done 605 episodes at this point because we did some today. When we first started, I was terrified of saying the wrong thing. For sure. I still am. Still like, am. I'm a, we're live right now. There are no mess ups here. Right. Right. If we mess up, you guys see it and you you judge us possibly. I messed up my age last time. Yeah, that was true. That's not false. That is true. But you're like, aren't you 32? I know. I should I should just let it ride. That's no, all good. But it's it's super important to understand that. Like we're all getting judged. Just step out and realize, you know, somebody judging you is not the end of the world unless you make it that way. And I would say lean on your why power. Why are you doing what you're doing? You're doing what you're doing to be judged by the right people. To be attracted to the right people, by the right people, right? To have that level of impact. There will always be people jealous of you doing what you want to do. You just have to realize at the end of the day that you have to keep doing what you want to do if you want to have the impact you want to have. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are dealing with judgment in your community, in your friend group, in your family, that is exactly why we created Next Level Group Coaching. 90 days, right? Six, six weeks? Six uh, weeks of calls. Six calls. Six calls. Bi-weekly. So it's a three-month program, and it's teams of 10, all committed to supporting one another and achieving their goals. And basically, all it is, is it's taking the unwritten rules of society or of your friend group and putting you in a different culture of like excellence. And I've seen it transform so many people's lives. So. And there's no judgment. At the end of the day, we want you to get what you want out of life. We're there to support you, to push you, to support you, whatever you need. Push or support. Whatever you need in that moment, we are there for you. Nextleveluniverse.com mm -hmm. slash group coaching. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you. We love you. And I say this at the end of every episode, every live, every opportunity I have. We do not have fans. We have family. Make sure you hang out for the post-meetup Zoom mastermind. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.